0: Welcome nerd and nerdettes. Today's podcast episode features talks of Hollywood success, female ensembles, and comic books. (laughs) You're now listening to Featuring (laughs) Dez. Ladies and gentlemen, nerds and nerdettes, welcome to my podcast Featuring Dez. Once again, I am your host Dez and I got a bit of some interesting news i want to break down for you i'm trying out a new mic right now so bear with me if things seem a little odd or off and uh guys we got a couple things i want to talk about we got a main subject we want to hit on but it's mostly just news and uh let's go let's dive into the first bit of news i have for you guys today and that first bit of news is that i'm so excited (laughs) so excited to talk about this but um once upon a time in hollywood is the only original film this summer to cross the million-dollar mark box (laughs) office-wise. That is insane to think about, but, I mean, when you think about it, it totally makes sense, though, right? Because we got hella Marvel movies just completely dominating. We also got Disney throwing out an insane amount of live-action remakes, even though, for the most part, they kind of aren't that great. You know, they're still making a gang load of Mula, Skrilla, Doe, Donato, the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're still making a ton of money. And it's looking like the train of the, the money train on Disney's end isn't going to be going away anytime soon because I'm not the one that saw that, 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 uh, that Mulan uh, teaser trailer. So, and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried. Actually, saying them word is a bit of an understatement. Mulan is probably my favorite, personal favorite Disney movie. But yeah, um, back on subject, Tarantino has been making films for a long, long time now, and he has cemented himself as one of the best visual storytellers of all time. So it's no surprise that a film of his is raking in that kind of money. Plus, now, how should I put this? Now this is going to sound like I'm dissing on the Oscars, <clears throat> which I kind of am, Uh <laughs> This movie, like what I'm trying to say is any period piece about old school Hollywood, the Academy is always, no matter what, going to eat it up. They're going to eat that shit up, which is why, like when La La Land came out, I I knew it was going to get hella, hella nominations or hella awards. I just knew once that movie dropped, it was going to get a shit ton of awards. Plus, Emma Stone is in it and she's kind of an Academy sweetheart. I mean, and hey, I I mean, I can't fault the Academy for Having a crush on Emma Stone, I like Emma too. She she's a phenomenal actress, and uh, I hope she gets more work. And but it's just, yeah, man, Tarantino, a, a Tarantino film making bank does not surprise me, and I'm happy for him, and he deserves all the credit that goes his way. Like I said, it's it's a period piece. I, uh, the, the Academy digs it. It was it was a pretty funny film. Like this is probably Tarantino's funniest film. And I dug the hell out of this film. It is not for everyone, though. And I got a couple uh friends that came up and told me they didn't really care much for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and found it to be one of Tarantino's weakest. That's, uh, they're not wrong for feeling that way. So, you know. All right, moving on. The next bit of news is... So, on. we're going to change gears a little bit and leave from the movie talk and go into a little bit of comics. So, the uh, n- next bit of news is... So, on July 3rd, Robert Kirkman and company had recently decided to put an end to The Walking Dead. And by putting an into, I legit mean these fools actually went ahead and ended the series, but they did it in a ma- in such a manner that no one was expecting. All right, let, let me kind of break that down for you. So they went to great lengths so no one would think that issue 193 wasn't the finale. They Now, the way they accomplished this is they ended up creating, let's say, less than legitimate art covers for what was supposed to be issue 194. Now, I don't have an exact quote on the matter right now from from Mr. Kirkman, but he basically said something to the effect of that he hates when when he's enjoying a movie or a story, and he can tell that he's nearing the third act or he's in the third act, and the ending is is among him, and he knows it'll be wrapping up soon. So he did his best to keep the immersion going. And by doing that, you know, he basically lied to everyone and tricked everyone. Honestly, guys, I kind of dig it. <laughs> I don't really have much to say on this matter other than it's a bit devious. Sure. But it's smart. Like if if I ever start writing a long running series, I might have to take a page out of his book. And look, the Walking Dead comic books have been going on for a long, long time. And all these things, anything in fiction must come to an end. I personally am not fully caught up on the comic, but I definitely will. I definitely will catch up now that I know that there's for sure an ending. So, you know, I have like (laughs) I have an end goal now. Many people have never even read the comics. And and, you know, all, all they're aware of is just the TV show, which is a bit unfortunate because the TV show is almost nothing like the comics. In like the best of ways, the, the comic is nothing like TV show in the best of ways because the comic is just the comic is far superior. I would, I would like someday I would like to see a proper adaptation done from the comics. Now, if your boy Des was in charge, <laughs> I'd probably make like some kind of gory animated series for The Walking Dead. Right? I mean, it makes sense because we've already got a TV show, and you know that show brought in hella money, hella views. It's, it's got his fans. It's it's it, the Walking Dead TV show hasn't been my thing since after season one, season two and on, was kind of a bust for me. There were a few high points in maybe like season four and whatnot, but yeah, that was kind of it for me, guys. Um, but yeah, let me know how you guys feel about this on this topic exactly, like about the creator. Uh, not, uh, I guess I could say tricking his his audience and just ending a series that's been going on for so long. And uh yeah, guys, but um. That right there was the last of the small news I kind of want to tackle. But uh, I want to go into more or less the main topic of discussion here. But before we go into that main topic, let's hear a little bit about my sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty then. (laughs) I'm back, guys. So let's get it. Listen. So over the weekend, the kitchen got bodied this past weekend, man. Bodied. And when I say bodied, I mean commercially buried. And by that, I mean, yo, it didn't do too hot. It didn't do all that hot money wise, man. (laughs) The Kitchen is a female led movie starring the lovable Melissa McCarthy and the uber charismatic Tiffany Haddish and the wildly talented Elizabeth Moss, whom some of you may know from Mad Men as the career driven Peggy, or you might know her from the popular series known as The Handmaid's Tale. Now, the kitchen is about the kitchen is about the wives of gangsters in Hell's Kitchen, New York. The film takes place in the 1970s, with the wives pretty much taking over their incarcerated husbands' business. Now, at the helm of this is the is a at the helm of this is a first-time director, Andrea Berloff. Now, Ms. Berloff, she's mostly known for being a writer in Hollywood. Her most notable work, I think. Includes that of uh, 2015's Straight Outta Compton and 2017's Sleepless, which, by the way, is an extremely fun film. Uh, it stars my man Jamie Foxx. It's a tad bit overlooked, probably due to the fact that of how generic it looks, <laughs> which is kind of a shame because it's tons of fun. It's, it's basically guilty pleasure action films at its best. And Straight Outta Compton, it was well-received both financially and critically. Now... Andrea in the past seems to have proven herself, and now she seems to be on the next step of her career, which seems to be, you know, directing. The Kitchen is her first major directing gig, and what a cast to be working with. What a cast. Now, speaking of said cast, I personally wasn't expecting this movie to make a buttload of money, but I did, however, think that having such a crowd-pleasing cast like Haddish and McCarthy would at least have brought in some numbers, man. Also, with it being August, I thought it I thought it had a fighting chance to make some money, especially, you know, considering August is kind of a dumping grounds month. And now, how should I put this? Generally, there are two months in particular that are considered to be dumping grounds, the month of January and the previously mentioned August. I I honestly am saddened by the kitchen's less than stellar financial opening. We need to support new voices in Hollywood, and Miss Burloff is a new voice. Now, I personally have not seen The Kitchen yet. I was actually planning on seeing it this past weekend, but unfortunately, I got a little busy. I will most definitely be checking it out soon, though, although I've heard mixed reviews on it. and But I, I'll, I'll go see it no matter what. I'll always go see a movie for myself. That's always been my motto. No matter what critics say, see it for yourself, especially if you've already uh, shown interest in it. What one person finds to be meh, another person might find to be magnificent. Now, the commercial bomb of the kitchen actually reminds me of the lackluster sales of a movie called Widows. Widows was easily one of my favorite films of 2018. Now, both films, widow, uh, both both films, The Kitchen and Widows, featured a female-led ensemble. Now, I can't speak for The Kitchen, but Widows was a damn good movie that just flew under the radars, which is kind of a shame because a Steve McQueen directed project, a Steve McQueen directed project, should never go unnoticed. The dude is one of the best working talents today. I'm not even kidding. Um, some of you guys might have seen his stuff like Twelve Years a Slave and whatnot. But um, anyway, back, back to Widows. Widows bears some similarities to that of Kitchen. the The plot of Widows goes a little something like this: See, while on a cleverly planned heist, a tragic mishap occurs, which then leaves the women and in, uh, in all the men's lives to pick up the pieces. This now, the film Widows. This film deserved more and more views because the trailer really does not, really doesn't do a good job in incorporating the grand themes that this film tries to tackle. Now, it's got some very this film has some very interesting relationships that had me heavily invested, particularly on the political side of things. I love that angle. Now, also, this film had one of the best performances of last year from Mr. Daniel Kaluuya. Some of you may know from Get Out. He Daniel Kaluuya, who he was. Oh, my God. He was weirdly creepy in this film, man and that's all i'm going to that's all i'm going to say on that y'all just need to watch the film it's just watch the damn film daniel clouey is excellent in this film needless to say i personally enjoyed the hell out of it but sadly it it kind of tanked at the box office which is a shame because this movie was probably my favorite female ensemble film in recent years mind you it's it's not a happy movie which kind of leads me into One main thing I want to bring up, and that's how and why it might have failed. See, Widows isn't what you would call a happy movie. Now, normally that's not a big deal, but when it's released so damn close to Thanksgiving and Christmas, eh, it kind of makes sense. Yes, many people still go to the movies around this time, but it's mostly with their family. And they go see family movies like last year's whack ass Grinch movie. Dear God, man. Don't, don't get me started on that. How you gonna de gangstify the Grinch? He was he was already gangster. I mean, I got no problem with Benedict to come at Batch, but man, the Grinch, he's always been, been a G. Like he the, the Grinch has been about that life. He's been on Tupac's level since the beginning. <laughs> Dr. Seuss knew what he was doing. And uh so the timing, so the timing on Widow's part probably played a big role in its commercial downfall. Another aspect could be that it just wasn't advertised well. And I think this was both the problem for both the kitchen and widows. They they both had this in common. Like, I legit can't. (laughs) I'm trying to think now. I legit can't think of a single advertisement I saw for the kitchen. (laughs) I really can't at all. (laughs) Oh, man. At least in Widow's case, I understand why they didn't do too much advertisement, right? Because the original plan was to save money on advertising and to let the amazing and glowing reviews and the awesome word of mouth bring people to see it, right? Which did help because a lot of because it did help because this film was projected to to gross I think somewhere between twelve to eighteen million from like from from, from something like two thousand theaters. Which is like, which is pretty impressive from just 2000 theaters. And uh, what else did, did it make? I know it made some other money somehow. What was the, uh, what was the numbers on that? I, let me go. I kind of want to go check it out, but now nah, I, I think I'll hold off. But yeah, um, the movie, it was projected to make something like 12 million to 18 million from just like 2000 theaters, you know, and it grossed 4.2 million on just his first, first day, which is pretty damn good for a small project. And it just wasn't enough to save widows from being a box office failure. Great movie just didn't make money is all. You know and I'm saying like, ah shit sucks. Now here's the irony about widows doing so badly financially. Now, um, I a few months back did a review on both Oceans 8 and Widows. One I praised for being a fun time, but ultimately failed as a movie, which, was unfortunate and should i should yeah one one had so the, the, the one i was speaking of was oceans eight oceans eight was a fun time but it just it just failed ultimately as a movie and that kind of sucked because it has such an it has such an amazing cast yeah if you got that much talent behind the camera acting it just sucks when you kind of miss the mark now i liked uh widows oceans eight eh. <laughs> uh not so much man not so much now even though one is clearly superior one, one is the one is the, the, the clearly superior film. The other one made bonkers money at the box office. Oceans 8 made so much damn money, man. It even beat out the fan favorite original Oceans 11. Holy shit. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. The girls brought in numbers, man. Mm-mm. Took the boys down. But uh, <laughs> uh, both Widows and Oceans came out in the same year. So maybe the world was like, yo, We already seen a female-led heist movie this year. We don't really need another. Widows had the unfortunate hand of being released second. Now, if once upon a time in Hollywood and today's news has taught me anything, it's that Hollywood is a fickle mistress, and it's not always fair. Everyone, thanks for letting me chat your ear off today. This is Dez from Featuring Dez, and I'm signing out. Peace. Yo, thanks everyone for tuning in to today's podcast episode. Now, if you find yourself just unable to shake the urge and you just got to hear more of my soothing voice, then I highly recommend you go to YouTube and subscribe and follow me on there. On my YouTube channel featuring Des, I mostly just upload video essays, list, and just kind of overall express myself in different ways that I'm unable to do on my podcast. I hope to see you guys there. Peace.